What up, everyone? Welcome again to another episode from my mom's garage. As always, this is your host, Tony, with my boy, Nikki. Hello. Yes. How's everybody doing? I'm doing, as in everybody, myself, yes, I am doing great. Not you. I don't, I don't care about you. This is about the audience. <laughs> you don't care about me. No, no. no it's about the fuck people you, that Tony. listen to fuck you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> How um, are you doing, bro? Good, good. I, I was, uh, I've been watching... Um, Flagrant Two, with Andrew Schultz, uh, like his he has like a podcast and, and and it's just about like pop culture and flagrant, flagrant two. This it, is this is a sequel podcast. I I don't know why they call it flagrant two. I just started. I just recently started watching it. Um, I'm watching it though on YouTube. It? Oh okay. It's a it's a podcast, but they, I watched the just the mm-hmm. video version, and they're funny. And then because they mostly the whole group does um, stand up. And I I came to like started talking thinking about comic books. I was reading a comic book. Um, I forgot which comic book I was reading. I think I was reading the the Last Ronin. And I started thinking like, what would be if if the two that I would pick it would be Deadpool and Spider Man. If they had to do a comedy special, who would do it better? Because they're so like quick witted. Like they could do great crowd work. So you're talking about if two people could be a comedian, if two uh, Marvel two characters, Marvel characters had a comedy cat, special, were able to do it. Which one of the which two people would you watch to see in a comedy special? Basically? No, I know I would watch both of them, but I don't know who would be better at it. Okay. At oh, so it's just the one character, but you can't pick one. Yeah, I'm, I'm debating between two. Who do you think? The one person in Marvel that would be the funniest on stage. No, mine's 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 are Spider Man and Deadpool. There's, I'm 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 just kind of uh, verbalizing the question. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I kind of like the idea of a dual pair, like people <laughs> yeah. that f- like play off each other. Yeah, but it has to be a single stand up. Huh? Has to be single. Okay. Yeah, single stand up, single special. Lobo. Lobo. <laughs> No, is that DC, right? My bad, my bad. You guys. Do, no, no, I didn't say. I said. I no, just, you I was, said Marvel. I said. I said comic books, but oh, I, okay. I was thinking for superheroes across. I'm like the the two that it came like immediate. Like the first one was Deadpool, mm-hmm. like off rip, and then second, I'm like, all right, who would be my second choice to go up against him if it's going to be like a a, a battles of comedy stand up, and mine's was it was Spider Peter Parker Spider Man. Is he though? I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, there's there's parts of him that are quick witted, but can he do a stand up? Like, I think he would do better crowd work than Deadpool. I think Deadpool will be more story heavy jokes because he would talk about as like as a missionary uh, when he was a, a missionary, and then like he would do like missions and all that shit and make something fun out of it. He like, like I feel like he'll have a Burt Kreischer like uh, the Russian story. Like he'll have his own, his own story. But you know, I mean, this is kind of weird. It's <laughs> I don't like, know. Why I had this random thought. I was like, who would be better? <laughs> just I don't know, man. It's just because they all basically have super like psychological issues. Yeah. Like I don't care which comic book, which like they, the whole point is like they have these abilities, but it comes from diversity. So a lot, and the diversity that usually they have to deal with is like ridiculously overwhelming. So. It just feels like each one of them would be super dark. Yeah, I don't know. I really, I've never considered the comedy aspect of a <laughs> as a stand-up for for a comic book. No hero. 
But then again, too, you need somebody who can work a crowd. And the only person I could think of off the bat that can work a crowd you, like that you, is... You thought Lobo? No, no, no. Lobo would just be weird and funny because... Like Andrew Dice Clay weird? Yeah, like, I mean, I don't know. Like, he would just say the worst possible things, but people think he's funny for it. No. But a person who's the charming enough to, like, work a crowd is obviously, like, the business aspect, businessmen of comic books, right? Yeah. So, instantly, the first person I think of is Iron Man. Okay. I think Iron Man can, can uh, do a comedy special. Yeah. Who who would you think he'll be, rep- like, who would he perform like? Mm. Is it going to be more like Dave Chappelle? No. No? Not necessarily. Like, well, Dave, uh, Chappelle, well, Dave Chappelle does a lot more uh, satire, like, just his social commentary satire. Like, he points out the thing that kind of things that we kind of, hypocrisy of the, 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 the way the world is, you know, yeah. that kind of thing, right? I don't know. He, I think he, he pushes against pol- political correctness. Not necessarily political, right? No. But I'm saying, like, he, he just kind of reflects, like, because when his earlier work was very, I liked his early work a lot. Like, it was just because it was, he would take what people would perceive as, like, it would, you know, in, in, urban, in urban areas. And just take it to a crazy degree. Remember the little <laughs> the drug dealing baby? <laughs> yeah. Baby. You know, just all that I'll stuff. Sprinkle, but, uh, sprinkle a little bit of crack. Yeah. Like, well, he takes it to a ridiculous degree, but it's funny. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. With him, it would be something. It wouldn't. I don't know. I, I feel like he was just more commentary. So, it would be quick wit comment. So, I, off the bat, I, I would think it's more like um, um, David Cross. Okay. Yes. That, you know? I could see that. Yeah. It would be like David Cross. All right. Nice. Good choices. But you know what? Let's get into some topics. Mm. So um, recently, oh, this was just announced like in the last couple of days. So you know how they're they're still filming um, Fast and the Furious 10 or Fast X. Yeah. Supposedly the, now the new thing everybody's joking around about the same way you said space. Now the joke is that they're going to use the cars to create a... As the type of Ultron character. Uh, yes. But they're <laughs> going to be doing it. With Acknowledge the, the silliness in what just what I just said. Yes. <laughs> Voltron. And the possibility that it's the, like they probably are working on something uh, like Optimus that. Optimus Prime Voltron. Oh, my God. So, uh, but uh, in talking with that, they lost their director, Justin Lin. Why? Um, they, it was reported because... Of Vin Diesel's behavior on set, apparently. So that's another actor or another part of the crew possibly leaving because of that. Yeah, well, he was he was a director of um, Tokyo Drift, and he did three of them. He did three after that spinoff, mm-hmm. and most notably, he was the one that started five that he directed five, which got them into um, the espionage side of where they're at now. So, but he left because he was saying the, a lot of the uh, people were reporting saying that um, Vin Diesel would show up late and he would forget all his lines and he was like completely out of shape for a lot of the scenes that they were trying to get him to do and everything else, even though he that's pretty much his movie. But that's what I'm saying is I find it bizarre because that's similar complaints that the Rock lot, had. they the had Rock about had. The Rock, yeah. Huh? Well, not the out of shape part, but like being late and stuff. I, th- I swear when I read the rocks issue was because of that because of also oh, the way I thought that the I, my, so I must have read misread that I thought that it was Vin Diesel 
that complained about the rock being late. But it he's was saying the rock, rock complaining was, about yeah, it was the know. same same um issues that the rock had about Vin Diesel coming to set late, not being prepared, and everything else. And a lot of it, and and they immediately just got another uh, director, uh, Louis Letier, which is the director of the Edward uh, Edward Norton's Hulk. Incredible mm-hmm. Hulk. Uh, yeah. He also did the first two transporters. So he's already brought onto the project to finish the movie. To finish. That sucks. To finish. Oh, I don't know how far in the production because apparently the Universal was saying that they're losing 600000 to a million dollars a day. They're, they're not in production. And then on top of that, they also have Charlize Theron, Jason Momoa, and Brie Larson on site on set. So they have other projects that they need, they need to work on. So they're on a time crunch. They're like, yeah, because they can lose those characters and then they're not going to be able to shoot their scenes. Yes. I wonder, you know, it's funny. I always wondered, does Hollywood always have a director on deck? They like, I feel like, I feel like you're, you know, you have to like actors are one thing. Um, yeah. Maybe some secondary characters, whatever, but some notable characters are difficult to have on. Like, yeah, but I feel like directors, it's not that, that it's a usual thing, but I wonder if this is an insurance policy. Uh, Hollywood would always have, especially if they can invest a lot of money. Have one director and then a secondary director, like on re- almost like on a retainer. On retainer. The I was thinking that too, and when my with that thought process, it's two things are at issues. It's you're not giving. It doesn't look good. Oh well, from the company's side, side or from the director side, you're like you don't trust me to finish this project. That you need somebody. No, to of course, but but then on the second hand side that whoever's the second director and retainer can't pick up any projects because he's uh, because yeah. he's waiting to see if that other director steps out and if he does step but he has to step in and then he's under even more scrutiny because now they're on a time crunch and budget's going to be different because you lost somebody that was anchored to that project and redo either continue put your own touch or your own vision into it or just ad- adapt what they would try to do and just continue with their vision. No, but that, and that's what the thing is, based on what I've seen, it just seems like directors, like if, and I get it, the mentality of it, I am not going to go ahead and re, I'm not going to go ahead and finish your vision because that's not. What I would have done it. Exactly. If you're a yeah. director, because it's like this, it's always, whatever the end project is, the end director usually gets the credit for it. Yeah. So they're not going to go ahead. Like, I mean, think about the whole thing with Snyder and Whedon. That their cuts are like completely night and day. Yeah. And they shot completely differently because, I mean, we could have just edited more edited than anything else. But no, he shot everything, shot a lot of scenes over just because he wanted his own vision. Yep. But, uh, but um, I don't know. I mean, it's at this point, the direction of that, that franchise doesn't really have a set pulse. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I showed you the first Fast and Furious, the second one, or even Tokyo Drift, and then I showed you the last one. You oh, they're not, night and day. Yeah, you would not think it's the same series. So it's there's not like usually that's what I like about directors when you keep a good director, keep a director that works, especially with the original project. Yeah, is that you're trying to keep the same tone, to seek the same emphasis, you know, style, lighting, all that stuff. Kind of you want to keep that same movie feeling like the same movie, but at this point. I, they there's not really like they literally can get uh they can go with any director because they're so but here's the thing this is their last movie i get the, that so i think it's it, it falls a lot under 
uh, it felt a lot on on uh, what's his name, Vin Diesel's lap that he had to, he had to understand what he's stepping into. He's like, this is your last movie for this franchise that you've built for the past like what fifteen years, maybe, if that. I f- I do feel Vin Diesel is a very interesting character, not necessarily. When it comes to acting, I mean, not when it, like when it comes to not movies, acting, but, but responsibility. Of, no, because this is your baby project. No, no, and I get that, I get that part. But I'm saying as a person, because think about it. I mean, almost everybody you you hear about in Hollywood, you know a little bit about their personal life, right? And not yeah. necessarily something I enjoy myself, but you do. Yeah, of course. But with Vin Diesel, I feel like it's more obscured. Like the only thing I've ever heard about his personal life was the whole beef he had with The Rock, yes. and um. So I don't really know his is when it comes to his work ethic. So like, cause I think he really should have been a, I know he has success, but I really feel shit. Like for some reason he should have been a better, bigger actor. Like uh, today I just saw something and I thought I blew my mind. Cause I'm like, damn, that's a good choice. But I don't know if they would pick him, especially something after this is having him play thing in the new fantastic four. My, like if that was a choice, no, I wouldn't pick him. What? Why not? No, I don't, I don't like him. But that why really? As an actor, I'm like, I think he's he's he's, he's very one dimensional. But at least, yeah, that's but that still is. fits his dimension. That fits his dimension to some capacity. Yeah, you know I mean, I think it fits him to to just tough have guy. the voice, big tough guy, yeah, big tough guy. But but the thing had some hump, like some humblest. Like he was a little bit more humble than I think. Even he, like Vin Diesel, tries to portray portray in Fast and the Furious. Like he is all about family, and he tries to cross, come across as like somebody like humble, but I don't believe it. I see the I see the attempt, and that he tries to put to it, but it doesn't work at all for me. It, not at all. No, because of course. And we're no. gonna we're gonna t- get into to Fantastic Four a little bit about that too. Okay. Well, um, okay. That's an interesting. I, I, you know what it is? It's just the other day I heard something and I really never even realized that was the purpose of it. And it kind of made shine the new light on him. And I kind of, I guess because of that, it kind of made me want to like like him more. Was that the whole purpose of Witch Hunter was that was his D&D character? Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> I was like shocked. I was like, wow. I, like, he's a big nerd. But you don't know. I mean, think about it. Henry Cavill. You know he's a big nerd. Yeah. But if Vin Diesel, you know, like he just kind of blocks himself from everything, I would love to know if he was a big nerd like that. That'd be cool. Yeah, let's see. But yeah. uh, I'm sorry. P- pushing forward, mm-hmm. uh, another movie that lost their director, Fantastic Four reboot, lost uh, loses John Watts. Already? Yep. Did the movie even start production? It hasn't. It's, pre- it's in pre-production. It's way pre-production. It's already. Did he give reasons for leaving? Um, he his reasoning was that he's he wants to step away from superhero genre movies. Okay, but that's a weird step to take after you accepted the role. Like, if I get if he declined it, I think it takes because you have to. It's weird. Well, the way I would see it as one, he did all three Spider Mans, right? Now you're stepping into into Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. But this is a Fantastic Four through Marvel only. Okay. So you have liberties of how you're telling the story as as a singular story, but also you have to understand you're part of a bigger picture of what is they're trying yeah, to. Yeah, we talked about that before. Yeah, yeah. So I'm saying that maybe he understands that is a heavy load to be like, I want to make my movie, 
But I also have the constraints of like whatever Kevin Feige is trying to plan for the next 10 years, where he mentioned in CinemaCon. I'm like, I have to keep within those confines. And I'm so like, you think CinemaCon has something to do with it? No, no, not CinemaCon. Because he knows that whatever he's going to do for Fantastic Four is going to be part of the MCU. So it's not like if he takes a horror movie or a super dramatic psychological thriller, he could he has more liberty because he doesn't have any constraints. I could take this vision into whatever to the stratosphere if I want to. But maybe he understands that, like, you know what? One, I already did four pretty much back to back three superhero movies back to back i'm 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 signed up i i agreed to a fourth one but maybe i'm like you know what in retrospect i should i should just step back so wait he did the last spider-man right he did the last three okay he did he did uh far from home homecoming and no way home he directed all three of those so honestly based on timing i'm just basing this on pure timing yeah i think he was just trying to get more money the success of No Way Home, it blew up. It was crazy. Everybody loved it. It was a masterpiece, whatever. Everybody just got into it. I think he felt he had leverage, possibly, to ask. Oh, even if he asked for more money, I think they would have gave it to him. Yeah, but it depends on how much. Like, first off, if I mean, I don't know about how it comes to directors and actors, but let's say just in the form of negotiating. If I'm negotiating with you, you better believe I'm going to ask you for a mile. I don't think you have at first. The reason I want that is because I want you to give me something that you can't afford, but that's more than you know I anticipate. So I'm always going to ask you for something I think about you might not. But at that level, no yeah, I know who you're talking because about. Because I want you to offer me something like bargaining. I love it. But that's what I'm saying. Is, and this is us. We don't. We don't. We don't have two pennies to rub together. Yeah. So you're telling me those directors are not going to like go crazy? They're going to ask for something. Oh, crazy. of course, of course. Especially I, with the, especially with. But the, with the, the success fr- of, mm-hmm. uh, a success and praise of Homecoming, not Homecoming, sorry, Far from, uh, No Way Home. I best believe, even if he asked it, they would have, they would have negotiated something, something that he will be closer to the ballpark that he wanted, because they know that he's able to deliver, and he delivered all three times. Or maybe, or maybe, it's not necessarily the budget for his. Payment, maybe because Spider-Man is a more recognizable and more beloved character, right? Yes. So he probably had a bigger budget when it comes to making the movie. Maybe he didn't get offered that for the for the this movie. It could be it from from everything that's been reported right now is just he wants to step away from superhero movies. Well, maybe that's, maybe just the whole argument, or maybe just the idea that like because think about it, if he makes a movie, movie that's one movie is like. Unless it's something of a series, most movies are just movies, right? Yes. So maybe he just thought that he was just tired of these series. Maybe like, damn, I got to direct the next four, most five li- movies. Most, most likely because they, most Marvel movies are, you're not expected to get only one. You, you're assuming you're going to get at least two. Minimum two. No, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, and it's, and three. it's, it's, it's amazing. It's probably amazing to create it's, these characters. It's time consuming though. But it's like, almost like, forget, we're photographers, right? We do that for fun. If anything, we do it for a little bit of a passion. So can you imagine if somebody goes, okay, listen, we want you to do this very unique style uh, photo shoot. That sounds cool. Okay. But we need you to do like, like 20 of them. Yeah. That doesn't sound as cool because it's like, okay, I want to try this. I want to maybe play with it. Maybe one more, two, yeah. two more times, but you tell me I'm stuck in a series of this for the next for a while. It's my creative side just basically died a little bit. Yeah, because now you're just you're just going through like the factory factory tunnel, just like turning out the same product. Like yeah, you want to try something. Kind of yeah, you're using the same formula for every for just different characters. 
and kind of you want to take that liberty of doing other things. But yeah, like like I said, and and he mentioned, I'm like, I now want him to step out to see what he's able to do in other genres. So yeah, so let's get on to the next topic. We're jumping back to DC. Oh well, this is jumping into DC. Uh, recently, we spoke about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, that the uh, the Wonder Twins was announced. Uh, the movie they were doing a movie, mm-hmm. and uh, just recently, probably like last week. They released the cast of the the two people that were being casted for the Wonder Twins. Okay. And now we got news that the movie got reportedly canceled oh, after yeah. cast after casting was announced. I just and a lot of this mm-hmm. it's pertaining from and, and and I think this is coming from um we where we discussed is that DC the Warner Brothers Discovery. Uh, merge they mm-hmm. stepping back and they were like if we're gonna allocate money to or big budgets into movies or anything that's comic book related, even though we know it's a cash cow at this current moment dc is at the standstill that a lot of the movies that they're coming out with are so they're not getting the praise that they should or they're just getting ripped apart by critics and fans I'm like maybe nobody wants the Wonder Twins. Let's step back. Let's let's scrap let's it. Let's be honest. Do you want the Wonder Twins? I didn't want the Wonder Twins. I don't want the Wonder Twins. Yeah, and like they were they were obscure. Even when I was a kid, I felt like they were like they're more comicy and they were more obscure. Now don't get me wrong, done right, maybe that'd be interesting. Like you know, introduce them in a in a more dramatic way. But I feel like there's so many other DC characters you can play with. Oh yeah, that the Wonder Twins just feels like super low priority. <laughs> I'd rather watch a DC. I'd rather watch a Wonder Twins TV show. Than a one twins movie, okay, I could see that a CW Wonder Twins. I I would I would go for that. No, like a Titans, Titans, kind of dark. Yeah, ready. I mean, just at least more flushed out. Like make them human. You know, they have lives. They have this. They have lovers. They have all that stuff. Whatever. But I feel like a movie. I mean, and the only person I trust to introduce characters like that, possibly to make me feel for them, would be uh, James Gunn. Hands down. But even then, I don't know. Like, I, I I, just don't, like, out of all the characters in, in the DC, I feel like, I don't, I'm not really excited to, I, where, where's uh, uh, um, uh, Manhunter? Where's uh, Martian Manhunter? I want to see that movie. Like, yeah. Blue Beetle is supposed to come out, but I don't know. That's they something. It. That's interesting. I don't know if they scrapped it, part of the project list that they had. Because mm. I, I don't think they, I didn't see the name out when they did CinemaCon. Because they usually, like, not if they don't show a trailer or release some footage or news, they usually have like the logo out. Like that's what War- uh, Marvel did when they had their panel with, with Disney, and uh, for the Marvel side, they just released just the images of like the names that are coming, the, like the next series phase of movies that are coming out. Mm-hmm. When like not a lot of trailer or news, just be like you know what's coming out. But I don't remember seeing Blue Beetle, and I remember they cast the kid from. Uh, yeah, I know um, Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai as Blue Beetle. That's one thing I was worried about. Is I'd rather I want to watch the movie because I felt like the movie would be more fleshed out better um, than if you did a TV. Because if you did a TV show, I feel like it's gonna definitely be a WB and I mean a CW show. Yeah, style show. And I'm like, nah. For Blue Beetle with his power set, I just feel like, especially because I think the what this is gonna be the first leading Hispanic. Is yep. it? I'd rather watch the movie. Well, let's see because. It's on the run with now with Bad Bunny as being the first Latino <laughs> superhero. We talked last week about it. 
Again, so, I'm, you know, we all, we, I already said my piece about that. It's, and then it gets bad money. I just, like, I don't know. I felt like you, you, they're literally just milking that man for his fame. Yeah. Like, I f- give him a better, like, I feel like give him a, a project with more, with more depth to it. Yeah. But that's just me. Um, all right. So we got that. We got a, these, they, we got a bunch of people leaving and canceling. What is going on? So now, now we're going to have some new add ons. Let's do some add ons. Okay. Some good news. Huh? Some okay. good news. So the creator of, um, uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Okay. Wrote a book called a graphic novel called second. And this is about the story is about a young, uh, prominent chef. And she meets this woman that tells her, gives her instruction that if she eats, if she writes, um, something that she wants to change, like a mistake that she wants to change in her past, she would have to write it down, eat a mushroom and go to sleep. And that would, like correct any mistake that she had that she previously did in her past life. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, I caught you. I caught you. Okay. So I'm just trying to wrap my head around the process of it. So, so yeah. She, she, so basically, if she, <laughs> if she wants to, so like if part of the story, change, if she wants so part of the story. So just to give you an idea, she's trying to correct things with her, with her ex boyfriend. Try, try to have the perfect life. Mm-hmm. Perfect life. So like, oh, I, I broke up with my ex boyfriend. He was the best guy in the world. I probably did something to fuck it up, whatever. I'm gonna write what I wanted, what I should have done to correct it. Eat a mushroom, go to sleep, and when I wake up, those changes would have happened. So now that book, graphic novel, is coming to live action. Okay. And the director is Blake Lively, and this is gonna be her directorial debut. Nice. And I, I'm like, first, I like her as an actress, and I think that. I I I most of the movies I I've, I've seen it was in, uh, she was enjoyable, and I think that because she's married to Ryan Reynolds, she has that sense of humor that that quick wit that he does, and pairing that with like the creator of Scott Pilgrim, which the if you see the artwork of the the book is almost the same as Scott Pilgrim, so she ha- is going to be, it looks like it's fun, but it's going to have some some like serious t- uh, I guess tones into it maybe. But it, it's going to be like she tries to do so many things to have the perfect light that she causes of like a space time continuing portal drama or like a, a, it creates more issues because you're fucking with time. So I'm going to say this slowly so, so you catch me. No. Butterfly effect. Yeah. I knew, I know that. <laughs> I knew no, that. no. Not the the, 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 philo- the the theory, the movie. Yeah. Like, it's the same thing as a movie. Well, actually, no. What I really thought at first was, do you remember there was a comedy skit somebody made online? It was like a YouTube thing where this guy had a one-second time machine. You remember that? Oh, one? yes. And then the 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 woman that he was trying to pick up using the one-second time machine. No, it wasn't one. It was a ten-second. Ten-second time. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because so, he would come back every ten seconds. Yes. So what well, the crazy thing was, it was that the woman pointed out the fact that, um. It's not really a, essentially a time machine in a sense. It's a death machine because she, he every time he jumped back in time, he killed the, the version of him that pressed the button. Oh, yeah, on that universe. Exactly. So this kind of feels similar <laughs> where maybe the mushroom is killing killing her and then she's waking up in a, in a universe where what she wrote happens. Yeah, it could be. They could have taken that idea from it. <laughs> so it's a poisonous mushroom that yeah, so, kills you but get, alters your, your universe. Yeah, like, well, just... Uh, or. Yeah, you're able to jump to those universes and then 
But the funny thing is, somebody points that out. Like, you, what happened with the death? Like, what death? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> You've been killing yourself like over and over again because those <laughs> mushrooms are deadly. Like, somebody goes, "This is poison. This is a poisonous mushroom." Yeah. Oh man. Um. I don't know. It's it's, just, it's exciting. I. I look forward to it. I, I want to oh, see. Of course, I like anything interesting. I mean, and we've been getting a lot of that right now in Hollywood, and I'm I'm excited because think about it. The every the everything everywhere all at once was something I'd never seen before. This one that we have right now with that I, I really want to catch, which uh, with Nicolas Cage playing Nicolas Cage, which yes. I found out is not even him playing himself. He's playing. I think they said he's playing what the what the the internet thinks he is. Yeah. Me? That's what it is. He's playing the cartoonish he, version. He's of playing the caricature of what people think, or what people the internet portray of him to be. Yes, he's doing that. At, he's doing that person. Yes, so that's what I'm so saying. Like, so we, yeah, so he's like Nicholas Cage, be Nicholas Cage, but is Nicholas Cage as he is portrayed in the internet? Yeah, like I would like to see the same thing, but with Chuck Norris. <laughs> I want to see Chuck Norris play the internet version of Chuck Norris. Oh, my God. He will never <laughs> die. He will just sit still and everything just implode around him. Oh, that would be interesting. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so no, more, I'm interested in it. So here's some more good uh, fun news, which yes. I, I saw. They announced this today, actually. No, not today. Yesterday. Kung, uh, Kung Fu Hustle 2 is finally coming. It's confirmed. How old is Kung Fu Hustle 15 1? Years. It's only 15. I, for some reason, I thought it was longer, but damn. That's yeah. a long time. Yes, yes. I wonder why. Like, it feel like that 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 could have just earned a neat, like sequel straight off the bat. Oh, let, yeah. It's it, it. I think it's has a cult following because it's it's one of those timeless movies. You, can, you yeah, could, of course. You could watch it, and that was and and thinking of when I read this yesterday, and I'm thinking about it. I'm like, what other? Because a lot of the movies that we talk about, we review. Sometimes you have to look at it as it is it how is it going to age well. Yeah. After time, and there's a lot of movies that you like that, like, either and humor is one that's kind of like telling because, mm-hmm. like, we talked about Animal House, The Batch, uh, The Bachelor, like, those movies at that time was funny, and now you like you look at it through a different lens and you're like, ooh, that doesn't, that, it doesn't sit well, like, in this time. And I feel like Kung Fu Hustle at any time you could watch it because it's over the top comedic humor yeah. and action. And I think that's one that falls when you have that kind of genre. I think those movies fare well uh, if you're going through like if it's like 15 years later. Uh, uh, but uh, Stephen Chow, uh, the person that created and directed it, he is directing it again, and he's he's not starring in it. Mm-hmm. He'll still be the same character he played, but he's gonna have like a cameo role, a very like side character, if that. But because he's older in age, so they, he wants to pronounce any like any new coming actors coming in. So he's not going to bring the same actor. That he's he going to bring has. most of them in. He's saying no, that but there's always the main. The main actor is always the same guy, no? Yeah, the same. Is Kung it, Fu Hustle, Shaolin Monk, uh, Shaolin uh, Soccer. Yes, it, it, which is that's Stephen Chow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so that's the director too. Yeah, that's the director. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, he was a director for that one. So he's he's coming back as uh, the same um, character, but just. He won't be as prominent in the movie. Okay. So I, when I saw that, I'm like, oh, fuck yes. We've been waiting for way too long for this. You know, I was just thinking, you, you brought up a good, something interesting is that the, like movies that don't age well, right? Yeah. So like, I find, I'm just thinking to myself, like, what about if the reason we found those things funny 
it was kind of like the whole, have, have you ever heard the idea that, uh, let's say, uh, Big Bang Theory, right? There's a there was there was an argument. I mean, I enjoy Big Bang Theory it's, for the most part. I enjoy, I do think some of it's funny, mm-hmm. but there's this argument saying that if you take out the the laughter, the laugh tracks, laugh tracks, it really isn't funny. And that's why I stopped watching it. I somebody somebody was like, "Hey, Tony, watch this clip of," and this was like in, in me. What? How many seasons they did? Eleven, thirteen, or something like that? Mm-hmm. A ridiculous number. And this is me on season four or five, so it was like yeah. early in their years. And I was like deep in it. I was like watch every show. And somebody was like, hey, Tony, look at this YouTube video of uh, Big Bang Theory without the laugh tracks. And I watched like the first 10 minutes, like five minutes of it. And I'm like, oh, this shit sucks. And I never watched it again. But, that, but that's what I'm saying. Is like I'm wondering if some com- not, not all comedy, <laughs> some comedy I think is based on like almost like everybody thinks this is funny. So somehow without even I'm. I'm I'm thinking it's funny because, like, like for example, I love Mel Brooks. Like, yeah. love Mel Brooks movies, and obviously that has a lot of, like, that's super heavy with racial undertones stuff like that. Yeah, but I don't know why somehow the way even now that I watch it, even the way it's, the way they did it, yeah, it was it felt different. Like I don't know. It's, like, it's because I understand because when he did it, it was it was in a comedic satire. Yeah, like almost like, like he's making fun. He, of He's people making that, he's making fun. Of people of, of, of people that think those racist thoughts. Yeah. So he's making fun of racist, but he uses it as racial tones to make to to point out the funniness out not the funniness of it to make it to make to see how much of a joke they are. Yeah. Not saying yeah, versus, that, but that's not saying, but then versus other people that use like race like racial undertone comedy, like you look now like. That's not, you know, it's not like it's like I, being using disrespect jokes as being disrespectful when they're trying to be disrespectful. Like for like, I think I mentioned it before where I told you I saw a movie that I saw when I was a kid. I'm talking about I was a young, young kid. And I used mm-hmm. to watch it because I, it was a naughty thing. I couldn't watch it. It was a naughty thing. It was. Uh, <laughs> um, what was it? The uh, uh, Porky's. Oh, you cannot. Like, right. uh, like that, that I want to see somebody like. In their early twenties, right now, or or even younger, watch that movie and think, "What the hell?" We'll test we? it. We'll test it on her knees. What the hell? <laughs> just, just sit with her. Be like, she she pointed out stuff from Crybaby that she's like, "Yo, that can't that won't work now." Oh but, yeah, but even the <laughs> but Crybaby, you're like, you're like, yeah, it doesn't work. But this one, they blatantly did it. Like, oh no, it was it was I watched, like I said I watched it like a month like, or so ago, and I'm like, even you know what's another one? It, one? If you think about it, was um, um, Revenge of the Nerds. Well, that's the that's that's actually the most quoted, right? As far as what doesn't work now, especially if you start looking at it with a like a better view, you're like, well, yeah. that's uh, that's, that's a little rapey. No, that was, that was rape. Yeah, there's that. There was also. Um, I guess sexual assault on that in that aspect because when no, but that's what I'm saying. Peeping, that, no, like the peeping tom thing. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, that's not cool. Like this is like all that. You're all, like everything there is like you thinking about it was funny was is super illegal. Yeah, and not even like not now, even it, the yeah, it was borderline. Not even like funny illegal felonies. Like, <laughs> like yo, know, just even now I cringe and and I don't remember like maybe when I was a kid I laughed and all that stuff, but that's what I'm saying. That I feel like there's a there's a level of comedy that. It's is. because you rooted for the weaklings. That's why. Because we, we were like, oh, he's he's a nerd like me. I'm going to root for him. But, and, and that aspect was like, I'm rooting for him. So he's like, he's trying to get the girl. He's doing whatever he can to get the girl. But in reality, like, 
Well, you, you know what it is? Uh, but you know what it is? Is that now, I think, before it was back then, it was always the nice guy, good guy versus the bad guy. Nice whatever. guy finished last or type thing. Yeah, like the weak, you know, whatever. But now I feel like now you're starting to see there's a huge difference between the nice guy and the good guy. Yeah. Because, I like, you know, that, that one movie, what was it? The one uh, Promising Young Woman? Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. That, that's what it shows, starts showing you. And I think that's what it is with those movies. You see those old movies, like, yeah, those guys were nice. But they're not good. Exactly. <laughs> so, I love these kinds of conversations. Yeah, so, so Timeless, Timeless Kung Fu Hustle 2 is coming out. <laughs> I just realized that's when we started. <laughs> just, just, just to wrap it right back around where we got it from. Uh, next movie, another movie that's actually coming out too. Um, it is with, uh, what's his name? The director, John Woo. Wow, John Woo, I've heard that name in the mall. Yes, so he's set to direct the English remake of his own movie, which I like that that idea. Did it? But okay, well, I'm going to point out where I felt like maybe I'm wrong because I would look it up, but I don't think it worked on this other one. But continue, what's this one? The Killer. Killers or the, Killer? The Killer. Is it Killer or Killers? No, Is killer. that the, the one where the, the guy's like a psychopath? No, Itchy, that's Itchy the Killer. Oh, okay. Itchy the Killer is not. The, and I don't even think John Woo did that one. No, I'm just just remember so the, the killer name. is with um I forgot his name already, but it it's set to dur- so the killer was about a a hitman that goes on a job and uh he accidentally blinds a nightclub singer. Wow! So he's he's prompted to take on another job, killing a high level triad boss to pay for the procedure that will restore the the singer's sight. Okay. So that was the, that was the premise of the movie. Cha, a Chow on Fat. That was the guy that was in it. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Like that, that was. I, I felt like I, that I, was at the, at the beginning of his his when he was doing uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah, it was like around that time. It came on eighty nine. Okay. So it was it was early in his career, early earlier in Chow on Fat's career. I'm, I'm interested to see how he casts this one, but um. So they originally planned to do it as a gender swap. Um, with uh, Lupita Nyong'o as as the assassin. Okay. Um, but that that never took off. So now he was always kind of in the midst of trying to get back into it. So now the um, they're in 2019. They're going back to rewriting it, but they're bringing him back into it to direct his his uh, original take on the movie. Which I think we talk. And this is one thing I and. And this is something that I, maybe I've never noticed or if this is done before, but for me, it's the first time that I've noticed. And we talked about it, is that when you take a foreign movie and we re, reintroduce re it to the American audience in like an English version of it. And a lot of times they take different directors that kind of fit the field of what the original movie would be. But this one, they're taking the original director of that and transforming it into the English audience. Which, if you haven't seen The Killer, watch The Killer. It's a good movie. No, no, and, and but here's my concern because uh, I'm um, I've seen something like this happen before, and I'm gonna point it out, and you tell me what you think. Okay. District B thirteen. French movie, popular, amazing, awesome to watch. You know, the first time I really, I think we ever really got introduced to free running like that. Parkour. Uh, yeah, parkour. Oh, free running. Yeah. yeah. 
same thing. Um, then something brick something. I forgot the one with uh, the guy who passed. Uh, why am I Paul playing? Walker? Paul Walker, yes. Brick, was it was brick something? Yeah, but it was the same director, I believe, and the same the same actor. Yes, the same the the, the same guy who basically kind of was uh, the the main person you know when it comes to free brick mansions. Brick matches, yeah. So again, it was the same director, uh, director, and main actor who actually was the, the choreographer. Main. Well, he also was the coordinator, one, coordinator, but he also was the most commonly known name for uh, free running and parkour at that time. Yeah, but that movie didn't do anything. I, I think the problem is is that when we watch foreign movies, there's a different type of storytelling which we enjoy, but sometimes when they bring it to, to the states. They try to use the state version of explanation or storytelling. storytelling. I think sometimes that translation doesn't work. So, like, what I think sometimes works is when you take a director who influences from those kind of movies. Yeah. Like, they use those movies as influence for their ready, like, American movies. Those guys, I think, could make a great adaptation because they're already doing that adaptation to their work. Yeah. But when you, t- I don't know, I just, I'm, that's one part I'm, like, I get nervous with. Is because they try to adapt it to fit a different audience. Like, cause when I used to think when you American, like when you make an English version of movies, I thought it was just more like you're just taking American known actors and just stop the dubbing and literally them all everybody speaking English, right? Yeah. But I think it's they start to adapt the storytelling and they start to add a lot what of what we add, which is not always a good thing, which kind of ruins that like the story. Or ruins the, the original story that we fell in love with. Yeah. So, a lot of the times, or maybe maybe in that instance, yeah, is that like district like that's a great example is saying District B thirteen they take into of the American culture you try to adapt what we would understand as good storytelling for action movies, use that kind of construct and re like just put the movie into that place mm-hmm. with the same director. And my thing, or maybe I don't know if that happened with that movie, is that did that director do other movies in America that were successful? Because now you have something that they have, they, they're able to tell a story in a different movie that is not their own to an American audience and be successful. And John Woo did that because he did Face Off. He did Mission Impossible 2. He did Broken Arrow with John Travolta. So... He already has, I think he already has an understanding of like, what does the American audience want or able to perceive well? And now I'm taking a movie that I did it for my country, bringing it over here. And I could use, still use the same formula because I know what works. Then pertaining, taking somebody and being forced to do it into like this structure that they're not used to. Yeah. I just, it's, it's just a concern. Like I said, sometimes especially a lot of these actors and directors and stuff like that, that go that do multiple countries, stuff like that. You know, they have, they're, they're, they're different signatures, even though we like them. Yeah. They're not necessarily the same thing in each, in each thing, whatever. Right. Perfect example. Another perfect example is, uh, Jason Statham. I told this to somebody and they looked at me weird. Cause I told them like, well, when I got introduced to Jason Statham, he didn't do any action. Like he was, he's more just a, the quick-witted guy in the movie. Yeah. But he wasn't, like, going around, jumping around and kicking people. And they're like, what? They're like, they could not fathom that idea. And I'm like, 
because I got introduced to it, and I don't even know about his other stuff. I just know the stuff he did with Guy Ritchie yeah. before he came to America and started doing the movies he did here. Yeah, because a lot of people got introduced with him through the transporter. Exactly. But that's what I'm saying is like, you come here because and reintroduce yourself as this other person, but obviously when he makes current movies in his own country, he's a completely different Com- person. Completely different, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I don't know. But so this is something like a, a bridge. And the thing is, if he initiated it, I'm happy. That would make me happier. Yeah. Because then that just makes him seem he has an idea of how he wants to do it versus, hey, listen, we think we can, we think this would be successful if you did this. Well, I think that I don't know how far he was in the project when Lupita Nyong'o was going to be in it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he had a, a stake in it as being the director or they had somebody else. But I guess I bring it back around. Maybe they brought it to him. He's like, can you do it? And he probably says, yes. I'm not, there's not much information I was able to pull to find, but all I knew was that he's coming back with that movie and I enjoyed that movie. Okay. No, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm excited. I always like, I mean, cause obviously we're, and it's a great, and it's, and it's a weird, it's, it's a weird story just to be like, Oh, I'm a hitman and I caused an accident to blind this woman or this person. And I'm going to take a bigger job, a higher risk just to pay for the procedure. And this is like something you normally don't see. It's, it's, well, it's a storyline. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't even think that was a love interest if I'm not mistaken. It was he just did I think f- that's always overplayed in Hollywood too. Is like it always has to be like like it's almost like the only thing that would motivate like that's what you're describing seems like honor. Like, listen, yeah. man, I messed up. I need to honor like just do the right thing. Yeah. That seems that that's plausible to me. But it seems like in Hollywood when it comes to any any the interaction between a man and a woman, it has to be some, t- some type, some of, type s- of romantic sex- interest in sexual tension. Like, exactly, them. which gets played out because it's like, no, that's that's too much storytelling. If he feels it's the right thing to do, then he could do the own risk that he has. It doesn't yeah. always have to be that, well, this is my love of my life. I need to get her. No. Which makes no sense sometimes. No, it just, it does, it just seems overplayed. Yeah. But I'm excited to, to check that out because honestly, I think about it. How many movies, like right now, you obviously, you have a, a young a young daughter. Yes. And I like, I have my niece and I'm like, sometimes I'm like, I really want her to experience a lot of the stuff that I did when I was, because I, I loved it. Like, yeah. And I feel like they would too. So it's better when they you feel like they're gonna get reintroduced. Like the whole like the idea of uh, uh, Sarah Michelle Geller wanting to bring back Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh yeah, because you know how many times I've asked my niece to to watch the original show, but in my head I'm like I feel bad because it's kind of outdated. Yeah. Like so I don't know how she feels about watching these old versions of these shows, but if they brought got brought back now, then that would make me happier. Yeah, but you can make her watch Kung Fu Hustle. <laughs> Yeah, Way to bring it back, buddy. Way to bring it back to the story. <laughs> I'm saying it is. No, no, but no, talking no. about things that 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 get that want to get brought back and probably reimagined. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the big shows on the CW was Riverdale, which was um, a adaptation of the Archie comics, which took a very serious tone and was highly successful for yeah, her, big time for a. Quite a few seasons. I even think it's still going on at some point. I think. If I'm yeah, and then they got spin off of um, Sabrina. Yeah, they no, they did a crossover. Well, I mean, it's, it's kind of the same kind of idea. They took yeah a very well known old you know. So then now thing. this they somebody a group of actors fan made made a mystery incorporated pilot. So it's Scooby Doo, but has that Riverdale feel. So it's going to be a dark mystery with the Scooby-Doo cast. And I'm fucking all for that shit. Hands down. You know how many versions of Scooby-Doo I've seen? I've seen, like, 
I'm ready for I honestly I find that I'm surprised nobody ever did it because when Riverdale was successful, that was that was cool. But I'm like, how this was not the second thing they came out with right off the bat was a mystery, especially now with the like I said, Sabrina. Isn't it because it was Hannah Barbera and I thought they're all basically no, they're not. Oh, you're right. I think Hannah Barbera is separate from Archie. It could be, but I just feel like I mean maybe that just that property they'd be like, we don't want it because ours is more lighthearted and a lot more kid friendly. Whether you're trying to take Riverdale, we don't want to be in that in that realm. Not, but I this mean, one's fan made though. That's the thing that a group of people took took it into their own hands and be like, like you said, like how could this not be a Scooby Doo mystery? And just and I love the name Mystery Mystery Incorporated. So it was like it doesn't have to do anything with Scooby, but you have the elements of Scooby in it and all the the whole gang, Felma, <clears throat> Daphne, Scoobs. Have you ever seen um, the Venture Brothers? Yes, I think I've seen like one or two episodes. They have a twisted version of almost every comic book character you could think of. Ugh. I dead serious, almost every character, comic book character you think of, they have a twisted version of it, and they they do have a twisted version of the mystery, uh, mystery incorporated, which it's so <laughs> dark. It's kind of like basically so in their mist in their more twisted version of it, uh, Scooby, not Scooby, um, Shaggy uh-huh. is schizophrenic. <laughs> and he's like tries to drug himself up and he's the only one that can hear scooby talking yeah like and scooby speaks with like a weird um like almost military style german accent <laughs> like you must kill the innocent or like, some, like <laughs> it's a really weird but i'm just saying is i like the, all those versions and this when i saw this i'm like this is perfect Especially because I mean, it just got released, so I'm gonna have to I've had to go online and check it. I, I feel just, like it's I gonna, just got I, the news about it. So I feel like it's gonna be a thing where the people are gonna demand it. If, if it gets that much hype behind it, of course. Oh, it will. Because uh, yeah, I'm just definitely doing, because not even what was I don't even remember how many years back they, the 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 supernatural did that whole crossover with with Scooby Doo. Yeah, that, that's one of the most like I know people that have never watched and that would the show be dope. A super episode. like if they do it like that, supernatural. A Scooby that was the whole, that was what I'm saying yeah. that was a. Uh, Kind of a dark thing where they literally had to start dealing with like actual death and dark, and you're like, yeah. what? you know what's going on? So yeah, I'll, I'm I'm super down for that. I'm oh, ready man. for that one. So yeah, so guys, it's called Mystery Incorporated. It's a pilot series that just came out. It's adult oriented. To take us for more. All right. So last two topics I want to talk about, and let's let's touch base on it. Mm-hmm. The first one is a trailer that we just recently saw uh, called. Uh, don't worry, darling. Uh, it's uh, Olivia Munn's. No, no, I'm sorry. Will, uh, uh, Olivia Wilde's uh, movie, project movie. Yeah. Director. Yeah. So it has Florence Pugh, Harry Styles. Um, they, had, they have a, quite of a big cast on it. Yeah, big time. And and if it gave off, and I think we, we both said at the same time, they gave off a lot of like Stepford wives. Yes. Well, vibes on this. Like they want, yeah, they want the program to be basically like just the perfect because the whole beginning premise of the trailer is very much like. If, but it um, felt like a simulation too at the same time. But yeah, they were living. It, it kind of felt like Stafford Wives and also um, I'm trying to think of another movie that's like that where you're kind of living in a fake place. Like Westworld. Maybe. Like they, you they felt cr- like they were robots? Not robots, but um, here, here's the thing I thought because some of the trailers, it looks like. 
there was one that she, it looks like she was being pressed against glass between two walls, but you don't see it. No, yeah, like the wall, the the basically her house is crushing her. Yeah, but like on a glass, so it, you don't see no glass. You just see her getting put, her face get pushed. Yeah, in. the wall behind her was the the, the frames was crushing. Yeah. yeah, so I was like, maybe is one thing is I felt like maybe it's like a program, not robots, but like a program where the men leave right to do their regular normal life, be with their wives, whatever, whatever. And they use this as a way of escapism, but they control the programming to do it. So think of she is like um, the Matrix. She's like agent, the agent. So you're really thinking Westworld. I'm really thinking Westworld. Now, because Westworld are robots. Yeah. But this one's not robots. This is a program for them to use as escapism. Total Recall. Think Mm. of Total Recall. But this one is a group of men that put themselves in this world because it seems like they all know each other and they all go to work together. So I'm like, what is... Well, there was one scene that's a little questionable. So it becomes like an AI that becomes sentient on its own. Well, there's one part of that was I was questioning on it because I didn't see it too... I saw the trailer twice. I saw it on my phone and I saw it on the, my big TV when I got home. Um, and when I saw it on my phone, I didn't notice, but I did on TV where there is a scene where Olivia Wilde was... Uh, they were standing. They were in this kind of bar area, uh-huh. um, like in the daytime, and the whole it was almost like a mini earthquake just happened. Yeah. And then she made a comment about boys and their toys. So that was obviously in the daytime, where I'm guessing the men are at work and the women are doing their thing. So I don't know. It just kind of felt maybe this is a kind of a, a like a like a like a basically a a controlled envi- world. Where these guys are, these guys in the daytime they're working on something dangerous, mm-hmm. but so dangerous they're living completely off grid, um, so they get to have these perfect little lives when they're they're there, and it's maybe controlled or maybe it's everything like that. As long, but they're working on something super dangerous, because the projects and stuff that that like, it they weren't like the the parts that you heard um, the character question wasn't truly about. What they the, like, what she was doing in her life and stuff like that was more about what they were working on outside yeah. of that town, and I think that's what she kept on drive. Like they kept her keeping away from it, but she kept on driving towards it. Which at the end of the then the trailer, she's standing in front of a kind of glass building yeah. after being chased by a bunch of cars. So I'm guessing it's very much like almost like um, it kind of reminds me of uh, uh, the village. Yes. Where they were not allowed to leave their controlled area. The, they, 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 fear, they gave them fear. They gave them fear. It's still fear so they don't leave. So I think that's what I'm saying. These women are stuck here, but they're basically prisoners without knowing they're prisoners. Yeah. But they're obviously there for a reason. And they're very outside culty. of And they're very outside. Very, very uh, um, 1980s dystopian future type thing. Yeah. It looks, it looks good. It comes out next year, I think it is. I'm interested. I'm curious. Uh, I'm I'm always down for it. So the next trailer that we need to get into, it's it's a dark comedy thriller caught on the count of three. And this one has uh, Jared uh, Carmichael, who did the screenplay, and it starts himself, Christopher Abbott, Tiffany Haddish, J.B. Smooth, Lavelle Crawford, and Henry Winkler, which he's a, he, I think he's a dad, the guy's dad. Henry Winkler? Why is that in South? Is it Robert? Like, who's that? Wait. Robert. Robert Winkler is Ice. Ice. They have it under Henry Winkler 
I think this Robert Henry Winkler. I think that's his whole name. Yeah, so it is. We're talking about Ice Cube. Henry Winkler. Henry. Why am I? Oh my God! I'm terrible with names. <laughs> what am I thinking? It's the uh, literally Ice Ice Baby dude. Rob Robert Van Winkle. That's that's. Uh... No, I know that's something. I have a bad mind when it comes like literally. If my mind like if I hear something that triggers, literally, I think about everybody who would fall in that category. <laughs> no, yeah, I saw him in the trailer, but he didn't seem like he played a big part. He plays a dad. Oh, that's what he plays. I think I think he plays a dad because the movie is centered around. Um, Jared Carmichael's uh, Val, and he's already at uh, his end wits, and he just wants to commit to. And this, and it's, and what I liked about this before the trailer gets into it, it says that this movie talks has heavy topics of self harm, suicide, heavily more on the suicide, but self harm in general. And it talks about that um, Val's character, Jared, Jared Carmichael's character. Wants to commit suicide, and his friend uh, uh, Kevin, played by Christopher Abbott, had tempted to a couple of days prior. So they were like, "Let's do it together. Let's go out together, and because we're boys." And they come to this notion: like, if this is how we're going to end it, let's just go one day, no regrets. We do whatever we want. Let's let's whatever we you ever wanted to do, we'll do it. So a lot of the things, and I feel like it's going to come to terms that. He has. He's gonna go out and try to resolve, try to clear up any un- unresolved issues he always had with people. And I feel like the um, Kevin will be probably with his dad. I think Carm, um, Jerry Carmichael's character would probably be with his his dad, his wife, or his girlfriend. It shows on the on the trailer that he had a ring for her, and he got. You see him beat up later, and all bloody, and returning selling the ring back. So he's like confirmation, like it's over. You get me? So I think it's going to dive into a lot of issues of resolve, self-exploration, self-love, and and how they're going to ride out at the end. If to, maybe at the beginning they're, they're there, but tr- maybe towards the travel or through all this experience, they were like, maybe it's not worth it because we got to resolve everything that was that was fucking us up. Well, I mean, so it's, yeah. I mean right now, like I told you when we saw the trailer, I have a, like a lot of uh, Thumb on Louise vibes from it. Yeah. Mostly just the idea of the nothing you know basically just living without rules type thing which is them possibly enjoying life for the first time because they with no inhibition yeah but um the one thing it's so i mean i explain okay so when i was younger i mean i had those thoughts i i'm not even gonna sit here and try to like explain it away i did i was younger i was a teenager whatever i had those thoughts where i thought about you know committing harm to myself and and I don't even remember why specifically. I don't know if I was, I wasn't really down. I just, it's just these weird thoughts that just come into your head. Oh, yeah. And I remember the one thing that kind of, kind of cleared everything for me was this idea that's similar to that, where it's like, man, if I'm, if I'm capable of this, then I should be fearless. Like I should be able to do basically anything that I ever want. So that, that's always how I was able to clear that thought away, which was, yeah. If I ha- don't have the kind of this kind of like like fearlessness to do all these other things that I'm already afraid to do, then you know like because if th- like I feel like doing taking your life in that sense is you know you you just you have no sense of like you're not scared of death so then why wouldn't I be able to do those other things? Yeah. So that's kind of what it feels like in this movie was like once they lost the fear of you know death because that's what they feel like is the only answer. 
you should be able to do all those other things. But not even if you're death. I don't want to dive into it more. No, no, I know. I, but I don't know. I don't. I can't because I don't want to say much more. A lot more from my like self experience and yeah, people I've known. I don't think it, it, it would have fallen into the fear of not having fear of death. But that's what I'm saying because you, I think it. I guess what I'm saying is basically what the guy said in the trailer, which is if we're gonna do this, if we're just gonna just end our lives, yeah, then we have nothing to we have nothing to lose. So it's. I mean, I don't want to say just necessarily the fear of death, but I just think the idea of. If you're already there, you're like fuck it. Let's exactly. Just, if you're at the fucking stage of your of your life, so that's whatever we're gonna do. Just fuck exactly. It. Let's just so do at, it. I was told myself if I can't if I can't be there, then I'm not ready for that. Yeah. So and I think that's what this movie is gonna explore. I'm interested. Now, it's a it's gonna be an interesting question to see what's gonna happen to them. Yeah. But it comes out May 13th in limited theaters. Um. But yeah. So I I'm. Super excited to to see where they go with this, because one, it's a heavy topic. Hmm. It's a very heavy topic, and two, you're you're the, you're taking the comedy aspect of it, because even if you think about it, like uh, another movie that it comes to I, the idea of comedy suicide was Groundhog's Day. That's how I think. <laughs> really? Yeah, That's- because because I'm like after a certain point he commits he commits suicide. Like, no, no, he doesn't commit a suicide. He commits, he commits multiple. multiple. No, but he he, but it becomes funny because the way he he's like, oh, I'm just, I know I'm gonna live tomorrow, but like, there's people that have that thoughts that they actually do it, and sucks to say they 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 were successful at it, but he didn't. But it it almost they made it out to be funny every time he attempted. But I, I feel like the synopsis, but not because of I mean, the suicide I, of it, but it's just be, I just anytime I when I thought of like. Suicide, you think because well, the no, heat. when they when they try to combine suicide with with with, with comedy, that's one of, one of the few that comes up to mind because mm-hmm. I haven't remember, I can't think of any that I feel like any any movie with a time loop has suicide in it. Just because you're stuck, yeah, you're literally stuck in this one. Basically, it's almost like that, the one with Adam Sandberg. Andy mm-hmm. Sandberg was a, was a good one too, and they they dived into that topic and how many times it's attempted. Yeah. No, it's another movie. So I guess Time Loop is one. But I, anything outside of Time Loop I can't think of that can't cross my mind that they made it into a not lighthearted, but a deep discussion of, of, of this dark humor in it. Um, Hot Sucker Proxy, I think. Maybe a little Hot bit. Sucker Proxy? Hot, I think it's Hot Sucker Proxy. Never fucking heard of that movie. It's a older movie. It's um, Like what, the 60s? The one. Remember the movie where the guy invented the uh, hula hoop? Nope. It was a comedy. It was really ne- weird. Never heard of the movie. So you trying to explain something we've never heard of? Thank you. <laughs> okay. Anyway, yeah, there was. I think it was around that time where people were jumping out of windows, like because they they lost a lot of money. Tim Robbins. Yes. All right. I, that was the movie. Yeah. I didn't remember the name of the movie, but I remember you told me <laughs> comedy and people jumping out of windows. And I'm like, wait. I'm like, and I thought Tim Robbins in it. I th- I just remember one movie. One one movie where I don't know if that was the same one. Where uh, basically they ended up, I guess so many people were jumping out the window, and I don't know why I'm laughing at that, but so many people were jumping out the window, they literally reinforced the window, so one guy tried to commit suicide. And it didn't break. No, he just basically smashed his head against and he fell back. Like, yeah, we reinforced the glass. Yeah, like it was unbreakable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That was, I forgot the name of the movie, but I remember. Yeah, Hot Sucker Proxy. Oh, man. I think it was called. 
But like that, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to our latest episode of From My Mom's Garage. As always, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, where else, Nick? Where else can they find us? <laughs> oh, now you got me blank. I'm sorry, man. Uh, well, yeah, well, technically, yes. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at From My Mom's Garage or email us at fmmgpodcast at gmail.com. Like always, guys, tell a friend, send a friend, bring a friend. See you next week. Night.